Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily. We were live from Cheltenham once again. It was uh, day two of the Fest Ladies Day today. Isn't it? Yes, and we should apologise to podcast listeners because unfortunately due to a technical error, half the podcast was missing yesterday. Yeah. Some people might say that was a good thing. But uh, hopefully today it's all there, which is our first bit where we sort of set the scene. Yeah. Paddy and Rupert talking about the afternoon and various other matters. Uh, we spoke to the chemist, the on-course Pharmacies. Yeah, they've got an uncle's pharmacy here, along with a lot of other different outlets, and uh, he was illuminating, wasn't Very it? interesting. Uh, Neil Phillips, the wine tipster, you'll hear from him. Yeah, he's, he's married the two great uh, skills of drinking wine and uh, tipping races, like Alan Brazil does. And Harry Potter actor, of course, Ollie Phelps. He was here, was here. yeah. And, uh, yeah, and a bit more from us. So That's it. All here good fun, I think. Enjoy. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with you through until four here on TalkSport. And this afternoon we're coming to you live once again from the Paddy Power Suite at Cheltenham for day two of the festival. Coming up between now and four, we're joined by more fine guests, including Liverpool supporting Oxford manager Carl Robinson, the former Hull combo Phil Brown and Stephen Hunt. And we'll grab a word with one of the busiest men at Cheltenham this week, the on-course pharmacist. That's right. Once again, the legendary jockey, uh, ex-jockey, should I say, Ruby Walsh. We'll uh, hopefully get a few winners for us. And we'll chat to a man who's combined the unlikely worlds of race tipping and wine. Is that Alan? I think it probably is, yeah. And Rupert Bell and Paddy Power will bring you full commentary of three of today's big races, including the Queen Mother at 3.30. That's right. It is six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. I'm very excited today because it's so hard to get a winner here at Cheltenham. We've asked pop star Billie Eilish for her tips today. Oh, yeah. Why is this the luck of the Eilish? That's the one, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't, no, it was your joke anyway. Oh, right. <laughs> you can have that one. I'll give you that. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> honestly, I've had 13 bets today. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, your technique today, Andy, I mean, look, he's gambling responsibly. These are just small amounts yeah, of money, yeah. just a little bit of fun. You say that. Um, but, yeah, no, I am saying that for yeah, yes. Yeah. So do please gamble responsibly. Absolutely. Andy has decided that, um, that this is scattergun. He's basically going to have a bet on every horse in the race. And on that basis, it's like going for every possible number combination in the lottery. I've done a very interesting thing from the Times. Rob Wright's top tips. Yeah, no pressure on you today, Rob. A few yeah, have done We've this. all gone on this. How to bet 20 quid at the Cheltenham Festival. So he like, gives you four little bets. Yeah. And yesterday, 20 quid returned 105, which is a lot better than I did. So it was down. 36. We'll be looking for you, Rob, if these don't come <clears> off. <throat> Excuse me. Let me just do this. Yes, good. So anyway, uh, it was interesting yesterday. Of course, coronavirus is the talk of the uh, talk of the country, talk of the, festival, talk yeah. of the festival. And uh, Paddy was talking to a guy yesterday, and they, he said to him, the, "The thing is, you've got to drink. The more you drink, 
Is that right? And, and well, wait a sec. The more you drink, the better it is. It kills it. Right. Paddy said to me, "You're a doctor." And the bloke went, "No, I'm a vet." <laughs> Fantastic, wasn't it? Like the old Tony Hancock thing. I'll check you out, Paddy. Just get down on all fours. <laughs> I wouldn't take that if I was you. <laughs> really bad, really. Marvelous. Now, um, yes. just okay. a brief one on the football. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I predicted correctly yesterday was that Spurs would lose three <laughs> nil, and it's the only thing I didn't have a bet on. Oh dear. So I did say to you, we went to a Japanese restaurant around oh, yeah, the corner. Yeah. Very lovely food. Yeah. But I said to the boys, I'm not going to ruin your evening shouting at the telly and getting annoyed. So what I'll do is I'll watch the game on my phone while we're having our dinner. So we went and sat down to have something to eat at 8 o'clock. And as I did say yesterday, by 10, 10 it was all over. Good start by Spurs. It was all over against, before the sushi arrived. It was. It's a shame. <laughs> I think against before, um, it was a sashimi. Before the uh, end of the, yeah. I mean, it was. It, you're right. We, we barely got through the starters and it was game over. I just refer, I mean, uh, you know, you're pretty bored with hearing me talking about it. But I refer you to what Ray Houghton uh, just said about 10 minutes ago. I think it was nail on head, really. Very similar to what I said. Uh, we had a little window when we could have been a contender. But uh, I think the, the chairman now realises he should have backed the manager we had when he had the chance. We've got a horrendous uh, injury list, back. which doesn't help. But, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly not just a manager's uh, problem. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. We maybe, that win, maybe that win. Maybe that. I bet you do as a Chelsea fan. Maybe that window will come back again. Maybe it won't. Yes. We'll, we'll find out in the fullness of time. You We're going to talk Liverpool later on. Carl Robinson's oh, yeah. here, former Liverpool coach, of course, and big Liverpool fan. And we'll look at the way Carl would approach it tonight if he was taking on Atletico because it's an intriguing game isn't it 1-0 from the oh, first yes. leg at Absolutely. Anfield big night for the fans at Anfield I think get, get behind the lads yeah probably the last game they'll be able to go to for a while probably yeah. but uh, you mentioned the Japanese meal there and we ordered sushi but John doesn't do raw fish so he went for those small Japanese uh, dumplings but we won't hold it against him because he's a diamond gyoza oh that's the beautiful yeah nice like Japanese puns yes. yeah. <laughs> well I specialise yeah yeah you've got any <laughs> Actually, he was very angry at the disappointing scrambled eggs this morning. I've never seen him. It was, like yeah. they, it was worse than after they lost 2-0 to Sutton United. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. It was true. He got it's very really upset, didn't he? Yeah. It was incredible. We did the usual walk back into town uh, yesterday that we like to do to clear our heads yeah. off. To, on the road to Hades, as we call it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. There was one fella being held up. He was like a vent dummy. <laughs> it was brilliant. And his mate saying... No wonder he got so gunk. He's two grand up. But they were holding him like... They were holding him up. Holding like, him like, exactly a vent, like a that. vent dummy, weren't they? He could barely stand. I like the bloke in the town that came towards us and swerved like Lionel Messi. Dropped yeah. his shoulder. It was tremendous just to avoid us. Matt fella yesterday in the bar. He'd, he'd had a few, of course. He'd been of a, uh, he's, a, he's on the road. Like, he's a, I'm a massive talk sport. I love talk sport. He said, I listen all the time. He didn't yeah, know yeah. who he were. He just said, yeah, we were from yeah. talk sport. He says, yeah, I listen. I listen an hour in the morning. He said, don't listen to Hawksby and Jacob. <laughs> And uh, I said, oh, that, oh I'm, I'm one of them. Oh, he went, mate, I'm so sorry. He said, I'll listen to Clips of the Week. I said, well, that's us. I'll take that. I'll take <laughs> to that. win. Yeah. The only win-win. The only win we had yesterday. Some positive. It's great, though. A listener came up to us yesterday and said, oh, I love your show, he said. And uh, so Paul said to him, well, we always do it from here. We're doing four shows from uh, Cheltenham. He said, no, I prefer your normal show. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Fantastic. Yeah, don't like you at Cheltenham. You're rubbish. Hey, what can you anyway. Do? Uh, yeah. You might like to have a little flutter yourself uh, this afternoon in moderation. And uh, luckily, Ruby Walsh, the legendary ex-jockey, is on hand. Paddy Power called up with him a little bit earlier on. And uh, he took Paddy through the card. Here we go. Ruby, day two at Cheltenham. You've got over the first day ever being retired at Cheltenham or something. I don't know. But day two, anyways, so we're kicking off with one of the Irish bankers of the weekend, Boy Allen. Is he the one you'd love to be on? 
Ah, oh, he is. And actually, Paddy, I go further than that. If you were to say to me, here, Ruby, bring a horse home on Friday. He's the horse I would take home. Uh, and he's a beautiful horse. He's won seven from seven. I think he's a huge future. And he's very talented. Look, there's good horses in here. The big breakaway, the big getaway. Sporting John. I think Envoy Allen is just at that bit better. OK, and uh, that's, that's interesting. And the uh, the RSA as well uh, in the next race. It, it looks, it's probably slightly more open maybe than we expected because they're all turning up. we got Champ and Aloha and El Indo. Is, is it the top of the market, has it? I think it does. Look, people are making a case for Copperhead as well. I would have preferred if Robbie Power had chose him as the first of um, Colin Tizzers, but he hasn't. So, you know, that'd be putting me off him a little bit. Uh, I think Champ, Aloha, Manila Indo. Manila Indo didn't impress me in Navin. Aloha, I'm just not sure about the trip. I think he'll stay, but he can be a hard enough ride. So that leaves me with Champ. Yeah, he fell the last time, but I think that fall would have taught Champ an awful lot. I think he'd be the better for it, and he, I think he'd be the one. Okay, interesting, champ. And then uh, the Carl Cup is next, a mad race. I know I've known speaking to you over the years. Not a race you particularly enjoyed riding in because it's just hard to get a position, all that kind of stuff. But it is a bit of luck here, isn't it? Ah, oh, it is, yeah. And I'm going to stick my neck out here for a 100 to 1 shot, Paddy. I think Sayo is way overpriced. 100 to 1 shot, Sayo. Okay, fair play to you. I'll be back on that. Uh, and then we got the, the big race of shame, Shaq and Persuade. You can tell us that, very briefly about that because you I mean you're obviously in, it's still in the Willie Mullins table. Shaq and Persuade, a non runner. It's a shame. It just happened this morning. Ah, it is very disappointing. He's a storm bruise. It's like a bruise in your foot. It has to be cut with a farrier's knife to into the sole of the horse's foot to open to release the, the post out of his foot. So that's obviously why he can't run. It's a tiny injury, but that's what happens. It is disappointing and um, yeah, it's a loss. I mean, I've been losing Alfio yesterday. Now Shacken is out. The race is down to deputy. So he's long odds on now. But look, that's horse racing and horse are like any other athlete in the world. They have to get to the starting line before you can be confident. And it's, it's not, there's nothing like that. that you wouldn't be worried about Deputy Desoy, the fact that there's no... Like, do you know what I mean? That he's on his own in the race. It's a positive rather than a negative for him, is it, that he's less less to beat? If I was riding him, I'd be very happy. Or it's probably a stupid... One of the most stupid questions you'll have ever heard on Top Sport. Uh, now, the uh, the race after that is the cross-country chase, isn't it? And Ty- Tiger Road is the one. He's a t- touch of odds on. Double Grand National winner. Obviously, should be a penalty kick. I think he is. He's a wonderful little horse. And I think we're lucky we have him today with the defection of Altior and... And good catch, Paddy has just caught someone's hat here in the wind. Um, How's that? <laughs> I didn't catch your feathers. No, I missed the feathers, Paddy. Uh, no, I look, Tiger Rose, a brilliant little horse, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching him. Okay, and then, jeez, uh, I'm catching that hat, it's kind of knocked me out of my stride. What's next after cross country? The Boodles. The Boodles, yeah, yeah, of course. The, uh... Competitive race, Tronador for me. Don't know about yourself, but I find it an impossible race. Yeah, it is. It's a juvenile hurdle, handicap, yeah. And then the, the lucky last, you know, there's a, a pretty short price. Willie Mullins' favour in the bumper. Is it as straightforward as that? I hope it is. I'm a re- big fan of Appreciate It's um, If you're looking for a bit of value, maybe five Barbara. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Yes, let's get the latest odds with Paddy Power ahead of today's racing. Rupert Bell joins us as well ahead of the commentary of the first race this afternoon at 1.30. Good afternoon, Paddy. Good, good afternoon, you. gentlemen. Yeah, and Rupert. Good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes, now you two are a, a fantastic double act. You've been commentating yesterday at 3.30 in the big feature race. Uh, you went down to join Rupert because yeah. normally you're up here in the box for some of the races, but you you stood side by side, shoulder to shoulder with him. What was that experience like, Paddy? It was uh, it was a moment. It was a moment. We had <laughs> um, 
we, it's a Rupert has it's like he's like he's in school. He's got a little desk. He's the only person that has this right, balcony yeah. of the press room. He's got a little desk and a TV and he's got his newspaper out. And I was struck by that he's actually quite professional, which I, I never doubted really. <laughs> I, I kind of realise how unprepared and professional I am. But but he does. He's right little notes. He's looking at the horse. He's saying their names as they're walking by, just so he gets it right. And although he didn't get it right, I mean, <laughs> and, 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 but he's writing little things that has a white blaze and all this kind of stuff, whatever on his paper. Mm-hmm. But during the race, right, he's commentating. He's great, and he gets. He really gets red faced. You kind of worry yeah. about him a bit during the race. Uh, he gets excited. But he's really annoying. He's really fidgety. Like his, his newspaper's going up and down. I can't see what's going on. He's blocking the telly. It's just wow. Like seriously, he's very selfish. He, like, he, he invaded my personal space and he blocked out the TV from me. He I think it's something he needs to work on. Arms flailing everywhere. So Ian exactly. Curtis from Joy Division doing a racing commentary. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Paddy. I didn't know I offended you. So um, um, seriously, there, and I will look after, and I'll go take some therapy between now. 3.30 to make sure I, I don't <laughs> invade your personal space. Thank uh, you. So enjoy your afternoon, Penny. Yeah. It was a, it was a, thanks, Ruby. It was a great yeah. moment uh, with you and Ruby. You always do the tips of the day yeah. for the box here, and uh, Ruby started to describe that a horse's digestive system in yeah. graphic terms. People like, are having their lunch. No, no, she said, and then but the, what it is, it's an abscess in the foot. They get a knife, they cut the pus out. <laughs> no, yeah. Seriously, come on. Yeah. I kind of don't need to know. Like, you know. Yeah. Now, let's have a look at the first race, uh, gents, this afternoon. Um, how are we this the, the uh, Ballymore Novices Hurdle? So, um, what do you sweet on first, uh, Paddy? So, Envoy Allen is, is 8 to 13 or 4 to 6, very short price, and much shorter than we would have expected. But the reason why is because two horses yesterday really franked his form. Abercrombie was second in the very first race, and he's finished behind Envoy Allen, and also Darver Star in the Quite Champion Hurdle itself ran really well and finished behind Envoy Allen so his form could not be stronger he was always going to be the best Irish novice coming over here so he's, to- he's justified of being a very short breast favourite but because he's 8-13 to 13 and 4-6 to six, just pragmatically I'm kind of going oh, I don't want to be getting stuck in at too short odds early in the day so I've gone for Sporting John the second favourite who's full of potential yeah. it, it could be anything like Envoy Allen is definitely the most likely winner but a Sporting bet on Sporting John for me I think uh, Rupe how are you how are you seeing it um, just so you know Harry Redknapp's got a horse in this race ok what should we be looking for well not shaking up Harry, which is Harry's horse. I don't think it's going to win, but um, okay. I uh, just um, uh, obviously we know he loves his horse racing, so big thrill for him to have a horse. But it is an outsider. Um, I think Colin Tizard's the big breakaway is worth following it each way mm. if you're looking to go against the favourite. And just for one other thing, proving dreams can come true. The owners of Decor Ilonde spent just £1,000 on getting their horse, buying their horse. Yes, yeah, a lovely story. Yeah. This. I was reading about it today yeah. in the papers. And yeah. so, you know, you can find these dream moments and for the, the team behind this horse and has actually probably not, might have a bit of an each way squeak if you if you take a line through Mossy Fen, ran at Warwick. So not completely without a chance, but what a, a moment for the owners for a, a horse that cost, in, 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 in racing terms, that is, you know, real cheap that's bargain basement but fact that they've now got a pretty decent horse and they could end up winning £70,000 for their troubles if he wins so uh, well, that's a return on your investment by any standards absolutely I like the idea of Harry Redknapp's horse 
being interviewed afterwards in the horse box. He's just putting his head through the horse box. Yeah. <laughs> just as it's pulling out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, being yeah. towed by the Land Rover yeah, yeah. would be fantastic. Good work. Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm on Kevin Bond's horse just the other <laughs> side of it. Side, yeah. I've got uh, three horses in this. <laughs> wow. You, he's okay. got about three horses, three or four horses in most races today. This is an interesting appointment. He is feared by the bookies, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the fact Laughed that. Laughed at, I think, is the <laughs> term you know, you're looking for. He already knows me, your chat there in the corner. We, oh, yeah, we literally put that shop in the box for you. Here he comes. You, you, you don't realise that you were actually paying for all this hospitality. I paid for that bloke's lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Charlie Baker suggested yesterday just putting the money straight into your top pocket and they're just not bothering. That's crack, isn't it? I'm on big breakaway, a bit of a win there. Mossy Fenn that Rupert mentioned and Sporting John, you mentioned that one. So okay. you've covered the bases. Well, Mossy Fenn was given up as a, someone who suggested that. Either of you two? Yeah, I, I fancied Mossy Fenn for a race tomorrow. Um, right. The, the Albert Bartlett, or even on Friday, the Albert Bartlett. But, uh, but he's running this race, which is a slightly shorter race. Uh, he'd have a chance yeah he's a, he's a dire stare he'd, he'd want every yard of the trip but he's probably I don't think he's probably not fast enough to win this one you mentioned yeah. the Albert Bartlett Spud's got to come out yeah, yeah, and, he, and he also Albert carries Bartlett. again Andy another amazing <laughs> thing for radio to have Andy, a potato Andy with Andy a face o- when he comes to Cheltenham Andy often brings a potato with a face on it why do you do yeah. that well, don't goes. ask any questions it's a long story but <laughs> Spud is if you ask like my surrogate like, son see if you ask questions like that the whole thing will unravel just don't ask him any questions go with it he may melt down on air thank you Paddy thank you we're going to have yep. live commentary from the boys uh, very, very shortly at the Ballymore. The first race uh, this afternoon, I think Envoy Allen and a lot of people's <laughs> accumulators, so they'll be keeping sitting oh, on yeah. ours. We'll be oh, yeah, keeping an eye on that. I did that as well. So the boys commentating uh, very shortly. It's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs live from Cheltenham, day two of the festival. Uh, many thanks to Paddy for joining us. 18 plus, be gamblerware.org. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Welcome back to Cheltenham, day two of the festival with uh, Paddy Power in the Paddy Power Suite now. There are many little concessions and interesting little shops and stores, but there is also a chemist, an on-course chemist. Yes. And a little bit earlier on today, we had a chat with the course uh, pharmacist, James Powell, and of course it was difficult to avoid the very hot topic of all sporting events, the coronavirus. James, lovely to see you. Um, I'd say you've had a busy, a busy, I'd say a very busy first day yesterday. Well, first of all, thank you very much for that kind accolade. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yesterday we, we were very busy. A lot of people wanting hand sanitizer. Um, but, yeah, the, the majority of my job here, or the biggest part of my job here, is to tell people about washing their hands. Um, I don't know if you know, but um, the, this uh, coronavirus is far more common in men. Um, and I don't know whether it's a genetic problem or whether it's just the fact that men don't wash their hands quite as frequently as they probably should do, but um, we've been telling everyone to wash your hands, wash your hands as, you know, much more frequently. If you went to see your doctor uh, or, yeah, and, he, and he didn't wash his hands before treating you, mm. you'd yeah, be really quite upset, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, it should be the same with the public. We should say as well that we're actually standing outside your stall here uh, at Cheltenham, and, and you travel around the country, don't you, to sporting events, and you're a little bit concerned. Very concerned, yeah. I mean, if, if they cancel uh, things like the Grand National in a, in a few weeks' time, it's going to have a you know, major impact on not only my business, but a lot of the people that um, you know, provide services at these events, food and so on, um, and obviously the Jockey Club as well. Um, I, t- I take it you were inundated in requests for um, sanitising hand gel yesterday, but um, uh, have you got much supply left? We've unfortunately sold out and I cannot get hold of any more. I'm desperate to. 
But yeah, the good thing about I'll buy it. The great thing is that the Jockey Club have really been very proactive about it. Their medical staff here have really um, yeah, got to grips with it. And there are 14 spot spots around the course here where you can get a free dollop of hand sanitizer. So um, yeah, hopefully that will prevent it from being spread around too much here anyway. Looking at your unit here, we can clearly see a well-known proprietary brand of sort of vitamin-assisted uh, hangover recovery. I was recovery. just saying Barocca. We all know what <laughs> we all know what it means. It's There's a, yeah. a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a lot, a lot of experience. We've been working at this event now for um, six years, um, and it comes sort of Friday. Uh, morning when everyone's been out on the RAS the night before um, we sell lots of it and people are always demanding it. How serious is the actual lowering of your immune system by sort of getting hammered and came would that make you more likely to get ill? Uh, no hopefully not um, although with this coronavirus I mean the, you know, the, the theory is that no one has uh, a, an immunity to it I mean a lot of people have an immunity to colds and flu and that sort of thing um, but yeah this is you so therefore there, you know, no one has immunity to it. Often in the first instance, people go to their pharmacist before they go to their doctor. So did you have anybody on the first day of racing come to you and with a cough and say, do you think I've got the coronavirus? Well, rightly so. I mean, yeah, pharmacy as a profession is the most accessible um, of all of the medical professions. You can just walk into any pharmacy anywhere in the country um, and yeah, get professional advice and treat it. Um, yeah, yesterday we, you know, we saw, as I said, a lot of hand sanitizer sold. Um, we are one of the few you know, shops in the country that has loads and loads of paracetamol, so we're um, expecting that to be uh, in great deal of demand at the moment. Um, but yeah, my job really here is just treating minor ailments, preventing people from needing to go to the medical services and you know, who uh, are far more occupied with you know, more serious conditions. You were telling us that you did have a couple of people with coughs. Did you sort of stand back a bit with you serving? <laughs> I certainly clean my hands after. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the, one of the interesting things that we've, we've changed our, the way we behave is that on a normal basis, we, a normal day, we'd probably clean the surfaces, the work surfaces once a day. We're doing it every five minutes at the moment because you know, it's so many people coming up, touching the work surfaces. You, you don't know if they've coughed into their hands prior to doing that. And, you, and we don't want people to then touch the same work surfaces, touch their mouth, go and eat something without having previously washed their hands um, and you know, catch anything. Yeah. You've seen the old law of supply and demand in place with your suppliers of uh, hand sanitizer, haven't you? Their, their prices went up. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, you, you do wonder whether someone's making a lot of money. Um, yeah, whereas normally I would be able to buy a, a little pot of 50 mils of hand sanitizer for 60p and sell it for just over a quid. Um, yeah, now it's £2.30 for just a small one. Wow. Um, I know that the jockey club here have, have had to pay a premium price for the hand sanitizer that they're giving away to people. So yeah, someone's, um, someone's jumped on this bandwagon, I think. Uh, finally, James, how did you set up this little niche business? I mean, I take it you were a kind of regular high street pharmacist. Maybe you still are, but what, what gave you the idea to kind of be a sort of supplier to sporting events? No, I, I was. Uh, I, I had a couple of pharmacies in Surrey. And um, one year we had the, the London to Brighton cycle run went past our front door and we opened one year for it uh, and did incredibly well selling 
chafing cream and be Jacob's um, life <laughs> talcum powder and plasters. Of course, of course. So we, we decided uh, to try something. This was 20 years ago. Uh, and we decided to you know, set up and see what happened yeah, yeah. if we now, course, went to events. Um, and now we provide pharmacies at music festivals, motorbikes, I find it really socially difficult. Somebody puts. Just one more. Any unusual requests over the years? Shake first, gel after. Wash your hands. My trouble is, gel is a short supply. It just looks rude. I mean, I know I've only, got, no, I've only got enough gel for about two days, so I think I'm going to... So you shake hands for the first time. I mean, offering the elbow, looks like you're about to sort of dig an elbow into someone's face. Lean forward with an elbow, you fist. Somebody grabs hold of your fist, which is all a bit weird. They put their hands over the elbow. You're good with Diego Costa, It is all a bit strange. Yes, I suppose it is. I mean, the thing is, it's bulk buying hand gel they haven't really thought this through because mm. if you're the only one with a load of hand gel and everybody else hasn't got it you're no better off are you you'd be better off if everybody yeah. had it rather no than one's you, you see with about 60 tubes of it it's very well thought out yeah, how much does katie perry know about australian cricket well you I, see her she was there yes. at the women's world cup game and singing i'm always fascinated song. by katie perry she never looks the same in two photos running is really it? very odd f- Face but I just wonder if she was like in the pavilion yesterday and saying, oh, oh yeah. I'll never forget Trevor Chapel. Oh, yeah. No, Fantastic bowling well. under arm to Trevor. Brian McKechnie of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one ever remembers she, Brian McKechnie. No one ever remembers. I didn't even know about Brian. If she knew about Brian McKechnie, I'd be oh, impressed. She, yeah, she knew. She, she basically knew a lot about Brian McKechnie. Yeah. But there she was yesterday. She obviously knows her cricket. Or was it just yeah. a gig for Monday? I must say, I, I, after the semi-final, I just thought, you know, somebody... Posted on Twitter, I'm really looking forward to this great day. I was thinking, what great yeah. day? It's completely devalued. How can you have a tournament with no semi final because it rained? Now, we're used to seeing mm. strikers sticking it or players sticking it to fans when they score, but Billy Sharp, he tarried a while. He stood right in front of the Watford fans mm. and properly gave it to him. Did you notice that? I didn't really. I noticed and a great I header think, by him. Bullet I started head. to think. Have they got a bit of history? And he was talking about it today. A, they were giving him clog on mm. the day. It was also that they pipped him to the title, you see. Uh. And that, that bothered the uh, Blades players. And so, but, you know, I so say you're used to some of them giving it the old shush. Yeah. He, he, he was there for about five Isn't minutes. It? They're still going brilliantly well, aren't they? I mean, yeah. So no sign of them fading at well. all, you know. So, yeah, it's good. Um, the train, on the way, the train stopped at Stonehouse. Uh, which allowed me to explain to uh, John. I like it when we, we. It's like an education for our young. It's very important. We, our young producer. I, I remember Tom Hughes, our former producer. We we taught him all about. Are you being served? We did. He yeah, kept yeah, calling right. young Mr. Grace, young Mr. Grey. I'm not. I'm not how, see how useful that is generally no, no in life. But, uh, so I started, allowed me to teach John a bit of history. I said the late John Stonehouse. He'd never heard of him. Yeah. The MP who faked his own death in 1974. Why don't you do that? But then was devalued by do, I mean, breaking into a football song. You can take all the faked ad- his own death. You can take all the. Ad- <laughs> Adverts out for a show you like, but if you were to, if you were just to leave a pile of clothes on a beach and disappear for a couple of weeks, that'd be good. Yeah, well, well, it's a bit of notoriety. Thank you very much. Okay, it was just a thought, Andy. I'll leave that with you. Oh well, yeah, okay, no problem. Want to do it tonight? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, quite a long way from the coast here. Really. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's when you bit, sort of you can't hear stuff in one ear's gone, my ears blocked. Okay, you start hearing only bits. So the the, the producer was talking about the, some story in the paper where some bloke had shot an otter. And then said that he looked like Guy Swindles. So I thought he said Guy Swindles had shot an otter, which seems quite a strange thing to happen, really. It does. <laughs> Guy Swindles, our cricket correspondent. I didn't think you were going to read out everything you'd written. Down, right, but I suppose I should be no, used to it. Nothing that. goes to waste.
Christ. Uh, we'll send you some pictures out of uh, Stockley Park uh, a little bit later on, or Presbury Park, as he's going to be yeah. done for the week. He's in Sockley. He's in his, Sockley, sorry. Yeah. He's in his full tweeds, isn't he? He's oh, Andy's yeah. uh, puppet chum. He has joined us. Well, Matt the Taylor brought in the fabric on Friday, yeah. and my wife has really done an excellent job. It's a kind of Beau Brummel jacket, uh, single-breasted, yeah. two buttons. She's made him a nice little cap with proper cardboard filling, so she's really gone to yeah, town. It's a beautiful job. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport Live from Cheltenham with Paddy Power, day two of the festival. And we're joined now by the wine tipster, a man who's brought together the worlds of wine and tipping. I what a great world. In the name. Do you yeah. like it, guys? Yeah. Neil, great. Neil, um, Neil Phillips, good to see you, Neil. Great to be here, Paul. Great yeah. to be here, Andy. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and God bless you. You brought some wine along, but on to that in a moment. So how? what's your story? How did you bring these two together? <laughs> well, this is my local course. I was actually born 15 miles from this course in Stroud. And when I was five years old, my parents had, there were horses in the field behind my parents' house. Sir Peter O'Sullivan, that fantastic commentator yeah, for the Grand Nationals. Somehow I made the link up between his commentary and horses, and I wanted to be a horse racing commentator. So at five years old, I was commentating on racing. I bought more <laughs> horses, well, toy horses, obviously, yeah. <laughs> so I could get more runners, because I realized I needed to constantly <laughs> like the Grand National. Grand National. Yeah. I needed sort of a 30, <laughs> run, 30, 40 runner field. And I used to do it in the lounge, and then as soon as they came in, I would shut up completely. <laughs> so I was too shy. And then what happened was, over the years, in terms of racing, I got involved with a couple of syndicates. You know, elite racing, thousands of people join elite racing. Gives people a chance to get involved. I've been in you know, the parade ring here. We had a horse called Dino's Bino, ran at Cheltenham a few, few times as well. But I sort of always had that racing interest. But my dad was also interested in wine. Okay. So I went off to uni. I was going to do law. And I started discovering about the word of Bordeaux and Burgundy. And when I graduated, I thought I'd get a job in the, job in the drinks industry. So I went to the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. 
great place to go and do wine education, folks. It's fun. So anybody who gets a bit of interest, do that. And I, you know, in the days you wrote letters rather than getting a job through social media, I thought, well, I'll actually get a job in the drinks industry. So I did all the wine stuff, and I thought, I need to marry this together. Because of the hospitality around racing, it's it's a pretty obvious matter. Well, well, yeah, yeah, I'm very, but it it was great because what happened was my my wife's in PR, and she came up with and said, well, how do we blend this all together? Yeah. And she said, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if that was too cheesy, really. But anyway, uh, and she said, let's let's come up with the wine tipster. So I approached Cheltenham Racecourse, and they said, well, actually, we'd like you to do a box holders tasting. I also do a lot of work with chefs as well, and see a lot of food demos and everything like that. And we started like that. And then what happens is I go around to the tables, greet everybody. You know, we want people to have a great time, Mm. but it's to talk about the food and wine pairings and then people would say to me well, have you got a tip because I've always loved racing I've yeah. always came, I came here as a member for 15 years you know really into my racing and the detail of analysing a race it started a flow like that really so I've just done more and more stuff really Lovely. And, and you know here we are working this week Looking across to Cleve Hill, you know, it's just absolutely... It's a lovely day, the sun's a homeward jump racing, guys. Now, Neil's wearing a very nice suit, which I obviously <laughs> made for him. If yeah. you look at the lining, Paul, look, have a look at that. Oh, it says beautiful. the wine tips. Oh, that's, that's beautifully done. Obviously, oh, I should say Talksport presents. That, <laughs> that would be too much of a coincidence if that's off the peg. <laughs> yeah. One of the jobs. It was, it was a bit of fun, you know. Yeah. We just get, but it's just, you know, it's all grown, guys, and it's, and it's just brilliant to be here and brilliant to go around all the race courses and I'll also say so to Aintree the Derby but let's not forget the smaller courses as well like Warwick which does a great job it's all part of a race day experience yeah and what's great is that people have got so much to do here yeah yeah yeah. we were saying that that it's not just the racing and the betting the whole of the village the park and there's plenty to do isn't there 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 is and I, I think you know this is one of the things we used to come years ago there weren't all these elements so you've got the orchard now you know, it's like an avenue of great, great pieces to shops. do there. Shops. You can go to the retail village. You go down to the park. You've got this fantastic wheel, which looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You've got the street food as well, because everybody's got more into food and wants more and is asking more about it. So that's great as well. So if you're not in one of the 20 restaurants, you've got a great chance to eat something really good. And yeah. lots of local stuff, too. You know, there's a mate of mine. He's got two cheeses, Kingstone Dairy. He's got both his cheeses running at the festival, you know, and I mean, it's like the small <laughs> I've already had a bet on them, actually. <laughs> you better go, yeah. A bit in a big handicap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, I like all that because, yeah. and, and the planning, you know, as soon as you finished the Gold Cup last year, Tom Parry, who's the head chef here at Chelsea, they're planning ahead, you know. Yeah, Now you've brought this wine. You have. Yeah, let's have a look at this. So, you brought us an English Pinot, isn't it? Yes, it's a Pinot Gris. This is from Sussex, Bolney Estates. As you know, guys... Actually, just as a question for you boys, just, you know, oh my god, you're going, tell you what, just for everybody <laughs> listening here, Andy's sort of doing the full wine and spirit education trust course. <laughs> and, and Paul's going for a my, bit of movement in the my, glass. My, my late father was a Chevalier de Tastevin. Wow, oh, come yes. on. But I knew nothing about it. That's take, very impressive. It was just an excuse to get absolutely hammered. <laughs> <laughs> so you look at the appearance, but you, you, Paul's moving the wine around the glass. But it, but a gooseberry in there. Yeah, and, Andy, oh, was, yeah. Andy was going right into gooseberry. a bit, bit of bright Gooseberry notes. <laughs> Gooseberry notes. notes in That's there. That's right, yeah, yeah. A, a, a little bit of a uh, bit on, of Solly on. March in there. <laughs> there we are. So should we give it a go? Yeah, come on, give it a go. Mm, that's good. 
Oh, it's nice. It's that's, lovely. That's really fruity. It's lovely, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's lovely. And a, a dry finish, isn't it? Oh, a very dry, dry finish, yeah. Bit of morning. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. Bit of Christmas in this <laughs> that. I've got to say, it's look. Lovely, yeah. Estate, interestingly enough, you know, how many bottles of would you think we produce across Great Britain, you know, for every year? How many oh, bottles of wine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. No idea. No, give, us, give us a number. Come on, boys. 40 million. 40 million? Yeah, wow. Yeah. I love that, Paul. You've, I, gone, you've right. gone straight I, in I, there. I'm doing a lot of PR for the British wine. I, I'd yeah, say 2 million. 2 million. Well, we've got 42 million. <laughs> Not 42. We've got 2 and 40. What but what is you're, it? you're about, you're about 40, 13, 14 million. Oh, okay. really? However, right, okay. by 2040, we'll be looking at about 40 million bottles. Yeah, well, that's so, right. the, the, so you're ahead I'm, of time, I'm, I'm ahead a, of yeah. time there. <laughs> <laughs> and about, eight, about 80% is sparkling. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got some, you know, we've got Night Timber here with their Root Master bus serving their fantastic sparkling wines in the orchard. Less snobbery, you think, about British wines these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mu- much more. I mean, I think years ago, it was a tough thing, wasn't yeah. it? You started yes. talking to people about wines of Great Britain, and people would say, oh, I'm not going to be doing that. But... Great wines now. You've just tasted Bonnie Estate Pinot Gris, award-winning still wine. They do a great job down in Sussex, and it's, it's brilliant, really. Well, you were pot, saying Australian what? wines coming back as well. Absolutely, yeah, and there's some fantastic back. Australian wines on course with fine wine parts. I need to bring you over a magnum of Riesling to well, taste, yeah. guys. If you, have to, <laughs> if you must. <laughs> how, much, how much would a bottle of the Bonnie Estate Pinot be? About 13, 14 quid. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. us in, nice in a bar. You know, but I think this is a class act. This is great yeah, one English nice. wine there, and they've won a lot of awards there. Now, on with the tipster's hat. Um, because Neil, you oh, have yeah. you do have a little you have a oh, value yes, tip. A special for in, in, in yes, I have. I mean, look, we've we've got coming up later on. I mean, you know, guys, we've championship racing as we well know, but yeah. I think the other part of it is as well. You know, we've got lots of people going in those favourites. Envoy Allen, lots of people have been there. Yeah. But in the last race of the day, the 5:30, the Weatherby's Champion Bumper, as you know, the one flat race we have here at the Journal yes. Festival. Horses starting off their careers there. Got a very short price favour there. Appreciate that for William. Appreciate yeah. it for Willie Mullins. Yeah. This horse I'm going to talk about here mm. is Marla All-Star. Finished six lengths behind Appreciate It last okay, time out. Yeah. And ran very green. Very inexperienced. Got a bit more experience from that. Third to that horse is actually 100 to 1. Wow. And I've, I'm struggling to tally up six lengths here. When you've got Marler All Star at 100 to 1, you've got to appreciate it around about 2 to 1 currently. The money's really come on there. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it from okay. William Mullins. Well, Let's give it a But go. I think for 250 each way, everybody's just looking to have a yeah. bit of fun. Oh, why not? If you get one of those, it makes you weak. Well, it, that's absolutely. So unlikely, well, it makes completely well, makes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Doing it right now. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, go and check out uh, uh, Neil at uh, thewinetipster.co.uk. It tells you everything he's up to. Uh, lovely to meet you. Yeah, and on social media, the Wine Tipster. You're going to get racing. You're going to get great food tips, guys, and great racing tips as well. And wine tips. Brilliant. Yes, lovely, lovely to, to see you. Neil. All the best. Great to meet great you guys. You. Cheers. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now, last year and yesterday, we were telling you about Admiral Wristbands. He controls who comes yeah. in and who comes out of the area here. And he can never remember our faces. I he's, don't know why. He's got the worst memory for a security guy. Often people who work a door, they have a good, they remember yeah. faces. Those faces that kick off, the ones that are all right. Or even just to let on to people because it yeah. looks good if you're working a door. But Admiral Wristbands asked us every time we walk. Sometimes if you just pop to the loo and you come back. He's, I think he's part man, part goldfish. Because we'll walk past and five minutes later we'll come back and say have you got your wrist oh no you don't need one you're the you media. always sport talk he said yeah you always sport talk he's a big fan obviously but uh, yeah one day he's going to say 
Oh, it's the, it's the sport talk boys, even the talk sport boys. And please come through, you don't need a wristband, but that's not going to be for some years, I think. Yeah. Now, we should clear up the Mike Parry incident, because yeah. uh, when we left you yesterday, uh, Mike had uh, demolished. Well, he, I mean, it seems he, there was a display there, and I think Mike just, did he just catch it with his arm? I mean, we don't know what happened. All we know is, all we know is as he left the building, there was kind of debris everywhere. Yes. Whatever happened, it was an accident. It may not have even been anything to do with him, and we didn't want to Bespirch Mike's good name. Well, it was the producer, John, decided to put up a photo of the aftermath. Saying Mike Parry has left the building, but we thought what was just a bit of fun. Mike took a bit of an exception to it, but we we didn't upset Mike. We didn't suggest for a minute he'd gone on some sort of rampage. In the paddy. No one felt that for a minute, Mike. But, look, it was lovely to see you. Anyway, and uh, Yes, they made it all up this morning. Yeah, they did. Fay nights, Bagsy, no returns. <laughs> they did that, yeah. It was, a, talking of drink, it was a brilliant moment yesterday. I was playing for the next day, but he was ordering. I wrote this down. He went, I'll have a, a lager, a lager, a lager, a lager, yeah. four more lagers. That's right, he did. That's a weird, it's quite a weird way to order beer. <laughs> lager, lager. Lager. And then Kepa was on the table as well, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah he was on the yeah, table. I see, yes. Yeah, I'm with you. You with us? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that was Angus. Yeah. yeah. He had matching suit and hair, didn't he? He, did. he, he had an incredibly pale grey suit on, incredibly pale grey hair. But he also yeah. had incredibly creased trousers. And yeah, he so did. Yeah, yeah. We have decided, I took a photo of them, and we will We bought him a Corby trouser press, didn't we? <laughs> that's the winning. Well, yeah. we've got a competition going all the week The tipsters' now. competition. The, incred- the bloke with the most incredibly creased trousers. Yeah. Who win a Corby trouser press. So uh, I'll be taking a few photos as we go along. And, okay. uh, we'll judge it what at the end of the What a great competition. Uh, two of the jockeys here at Cheltenham are huge fans of Fisherman's Blues. I don't know if that. Are they really? They're Davey Bass and Jamie Codd. Oh, yeah, I've got news of Davey, Davey Bass. You know what? There was a thing. Uh, our old mate Matt Chapman, MC Yeehaw, wrote a thing about um, superstitions of uh, jockeys uh, oh, yeah. the other day. And uh, let's have a look. I've got Davy Bass somewhere here. Yeah, Davy. Mm, uh, no, Davy Bass is his fair. You know what he does? He. How can I put this at this time of day? <laughs> he has a before the start of a season and throughout the season. Oh yeah. He has a bit of a regular trim downstairs. Does he? And I don't mean uh, in the attic. Well, that's upstairs, isn't it? But I don't mean in the in the basement. Yes. Um, so I know he does. He has a bit of a yeah. He has, he has a, a bit of a trim. He has a bit of a trim <laughs> in that. In that well, that's region. a strange thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, he does that throughout the campaign. What does he, he feel if he doesn't do it? He'll get caught well, on the top I of the fence. Heavier, maybe. Know. Maybe it's a weight issue. Maybe he's quite <laughs> hirsute. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> he'll upset the handicap. That's very interesting. I don't know, but that. Yeah, well, look, so, Davy Bass, I didn't bring him up. No, you no, did. I'm just, I'm just okay. telling you uh, what, well, what he gets up to. So, anyway, there we are. Um, so, still to come, we've got more live racing. We're going to build up to the big race very shortly. Rupert Bound, Paddy Power. Uh, are uh, reunited. Uh, Rupert going through his, his bizarre dance routine, knocking Paddy with his elbows, <laughs> as Paddy was explaining earlier on. But uh, everybody's got their own methods when yes, they're working, haven't that's they? Right, yeah. One of our news readers clutches himself like Michael Jackson, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, we won't say who it is, but he, he does. That's that's it. That's it's a bit weird. That's his, that's his thing. But if it, if it makes for a good bulletin, we're never going to question it. Fantastic. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, he does a great version of Off the Wall as well. <laughs> Very good. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Welcome back to Cheltenham. Uh, our work here at day two of the festival uh, coming to a conclusion very shortly. Andy Goldstein is with Goffey uh, this afternoon with uh, Drive. They're going to be talking a bit of Villa, no doubt, and all these stories about Dean Smith, the manager, being under pressure. Needs a result against Chelsea um, to potentially save his job, which on the face of it, 
seems a bit harsh, but we can put this to a Villa fan. Yes. Uh, you'll know him probably mainly as George Weasley, one of the uh, Weasley twins in uh, the Harry Potter franchise. Oliver Phelps joins us. Ollie, good to see you. Afternoon, chaps. How are you doing? Yes, good. Yeah, it's, it's surprising with Villa in a way. I mean, when they, you know, when they played City in the final, you thought, well, they're going to get same as Watford. They're going to get a thrashing, but they put up a good fight, and so you kind of expected a bit more against Leicester, didn't you? Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I did go to the game, and it was uh, it wasn't very good after probably the first 15 minutes, and uh, there was quite a few players who went missing, which was really unfortunate to to, uh, to see. So I think we're going to need a few more leaders to stand up. You can't just keep relying on Jack Grealish to do everything. No. Um, hopefully John McGinn will be back this weekend and mm. I think he's hopefully coming in with a Superman cape because we, we're going to need someone like that. It's so. hard when you've been out for a long time. Though, exactly, and that's, that's it. Right. Yeah, and that's it to try and play catch. And Chelsea have hit a bit of form, but we'll see. Yeah, are, yeah. Chelsea are amazingly inconsistent this season, so, yeah. so you yeah. never know. Yeah. Phil yeah. Brown was saying earlier on he's been in that situation at the bottom of the table. He was making the point when he was at a whole manager saying... You know, there's no point changing manager now. You've got to stick with Dean. You know, you're not going to get a, a, the new manager up if probably isn't going to work. And, I mean, how, Especially if there's that? no crowd. No, yeah. well, that's it. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I don't think getting rid of Dean Smith is a good idea anyway because if we do go down, he's proven to get us up anyway. Mm. Uh, but who do you replace him with? Yeah. That's the, that's the other side to it. And I think he's, um, I think I'd, I'd rather stick with him. And I think a bit more onus needs to go on quite a few players who aren't stepping up. And, you know, they're Premier League players. They're taking Premier League wages. They should be playing playing with more, um, I suppose, more desire for the club. There's two ways to approach it. There's two ways to approach it, return to the Premier League. There's the Norwich model and there's the Villa model. Villa, the Villa, Villa model. Yeah. So, you know, this is to, to throw a lot of money at it and hopefully uh, get in a situation where you establish yourself as a Premier League club by buying good players. Or Norwich saying, great, it's a punt. We hope it will work Sheffield for us. United. Yeah, Sheffield United. Um, and it might well work for us and we can consolidate. But if we go down, we've got the parachute payment and we can look to build, look to build on that and use that money to strengthen then so you almost go down to come back up again but that's just put the pressure on Dean Smith the fact they did spend over 100 million quid yeah exactly and I don't know who's been who's been in charge of a lot of the transfers coming in um, but buying I think the unproven talent hasn't hasn't worked um, it would have been nice to maybe got one or two established Premier League players in um, even just to show experience in the league and how to how to play because it was such a punt like getting people like Wesley in who I don't think really did anything. No. Really. If that, I think if they'd have got Sumatra in at the beginning of the year, things would be different. Yeah, he looks better. Yeah, and, and I think it's just a case of, as you say, did we come up too early? Um, mm. But luckily, I think releasing last last week, they said that they complied with the financial fair play. So hopefully that's not going to be hanging over us. Um, so if we do go down, then we're still in a stronger position to recruit better and, uh, and come back up stronger. Yeah. Well, why is what you been up to? Uh, well, I was supposed to be, uh, I was supposed to be heading out to Australia at the end of the month on a speaking engagement for a month, but that's been that's been postponed until our oh, summer, unfortunately, right. with this whole virus issue. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, but this is another thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, we think we just we, our, our minds locked into sporting events, but it's obviously affecting everything. Isn't it? it is, yeah, and it's it's a case of you know you can't really leave everything on pause. Do you do you not or do you not go? But luckily, the guys in Australia have said that we're going to have to leave it until later in in the year now. Which will be which will be good. I mean, we're, my brother and I are doing basically a speaking engagement Q and A session over all over the country out down there, which is uh, which would be good fun to go to. Yeah. And uh, but in the meantime, we're going out to America in about uh, next week for two weeks out there into Boston and then to Dallas. Uh, 
again, all permitting if the if this doesn't affect any air travel sure. or, or or big gra- gatherings or anything like that. But uh, days like this are a good way to take your mind off. It's prob- it's coming up to probably nine, ten years since the last Harry Potter film, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be about I think it's, <coughs> yeah nine years. I think. Yeah, yeah. So which is quite funny because you still see people who uh, who get who are getting into it now who weren't even wow even thought of probably when the last film came out. Which is uh, it's a really unique thing. And it's, uh, yeah, very lucky to be part of and it. And it's good to see Daniel Radcliffe here today, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, I noticed <laughs> that, yeah. Bit of a look. Our producer, John Carrigan, has got bit a bit of a, of a yeah. little scar on the forehead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it must be, I mean, interesting. We, I, I, My youngest lad, because he's played with the Bunburys, we've all played together. And occasionally we have great cricketers there with us and they, they take pictures. Mm. But um, my, well, you had a picture of my uh, youngest lad, uh, Matt, after a game of cricket. And he just sort of put it out to some friends. And they all went bonkers because they are the Potter generation. Yeah, that's and it. And it's just this huge following for this friend. I mean, it must, be, it must be so weird from your point of view. You're part of this huge global phenomenon. You were sort of kind of a, a big part of this film and a regular in these films, you and your brother. It must be a kind of strange thing, really, it's, to have that kind of global fame. Yeah, it's very. it still surprises me even now, uh, many years later. But it's nice that they're, I think, playing good guys in in the films helped that we're still seen as very approachable approachable people you know and it's uh, yeah as you say it's uh, it's nice to think that we were such a big part of people's upbringing yeah. and now they're and in fact there's new kids. people coming to it still which I yeah, think is, which yeah is quite I mean amazing. you just see that with the, the Universal Studio Tour sorry the Warner Bros Studio Tour in, in London and then the Universal yeah. theme parks um, even people who maybe weren't fans of the films to begin with uh, have fallen into it be it by partners or children or something like that when did you well there's there a moment well maybe after the first film or you that you thought blimey uh, you and your brother maybe you, you when did a, a personal appearance or sort of went shopping in the center of birmingham was there a little <laughs> moment where you thought oh this is this is huge after you'd made the first one um i suppose i suppose maybe when the first premiere happened we thought yeah this is going to be this is going to be a big thing um but then after that I think because you're so close to something, you don't realise the size of it. Mm. And then I remember when the last film came out, we went to the premiere in Trafalgar Square. It wasn't in Leicester Square. So they took out the whole of Trafalgar Square. So if you imagine when England won the Ashes and they had that big parade there, yeah. that, that's the type of crowd we're talking about. And, uh, and they had James Nye on the big screen talking. And it was, it was amazing to see see that so yeah. it's uh, yeah it's really special really it's great have you, you played any cricket because uh, you first came into the Bunburys and you and your brother let's be fair you weren't great yeah, but I wouldn't but say the standards got any better no, to be honest with well, you. I, no, no I, I was always impressed the way that you did improve Dougie Brown gave you some coaching didn't he yeah he did yeah and that was that was really good when Dougie was at Warwickshire he had us in the nets down there and with um, you know be chatting with like Chris Wokes and that giving us some pointers um, I'd like to say I took a lot of notice, but it's it's one of those things. I'm definitely more of a cricket spectator than a cricket player, but it's uh, no, it's certainly been uh, it's certainly been good fun. I was I was got to be honest, I was gutted over the weekend with the ladies, uh, or last last week with the yeah, ladies. Yeah, it's not being able to play the so game. That was crazy. No, d- would they do that with the men's team? No, no well, no apparently we, we spoke to uh, Legside Lizzie about this, and she said the same rule is in place for the yeah. Men's World oh, really? Cup. Oh, right. So if, if yeah, there's no reserve day there, but I think they may be looking at changing that because of the outcry. They, I mean, they've, the they've got to, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. So I'm looking forward to this summer, so hopefully we'll be able to get the uh, get the whites on and, and get out there and play yeah. it anyway. And so what about punting-wise, Ollie? Are you, uh, uh, are you a big fan of the He's race? got to be hopeless. He's listening to us. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. We're giving him a tip. It's that bad. Well, we're, uh, we're not doing very well today. Um, I'm over in the green room uh, this uh, today at Cheltenham and we had AP McCoy in first thing and he was giving everyone his tips 
and I paid no attention to them. And uh, it's well, one of the winners is named well. after him, the champ. And yeah, I know. And we, went, that one. and we went on the wrong one on, at the last minute, and then he came in and won. Brilliant. So it's uh, it's not going very well. So I'm, I'm more here for the atmosphere, which is amazing here. Yeah. We've, we've given you the wine tipsters tip for the 5:30. Yeah, yeah. this was. Maybe we should pass star. this on to the yes. listeners. Yeah. Now look, make of this what we've you all been putting money on. It's <laughs> true, and it's going up. It's yeah. called Marla's All Star. Our, our uh, it's not good. The wine tips the Neil Phillips are coming and saw us. He's, he's heard a few things, but. As I said, it was 100 to 1 when he told us about it, and people are putting money on it, and it's drifting, which is not a good sign. <laughs> it's now sign. It's at 125 good. to 1, and it's part of this sort of slight... But, it, you know, we've had a tiny couple, a kind of couple of quid each way just for fun, really. During the last race, this is really a question for Rupert or Paddy, but, you know, like in a football match, players warm up. And at cricket, the same thing, the players play football and get injured in cricket. Yes, but, you know, yeah. but it's part of the warm-up. But you never see the horses really warm. Is there a place where they go and warm up? And they well, go? no, they do it. But, no, we, we, we were talking to Ruby about this on Monday. You can tell if a horse is going to... A horse can sweat up when it gets down to... The, it can look over-anxious. And remember, we watched the race with Ruby, and he said... That one's beaten before it starts. Yeah, but they, do they actually? Because you don't. To get, well, I think they do. You see them run down to the. You is see that their warm up? The start of the race. Yeah, they don't do. Not much of a warm up. They don't do the football. They don't do shuttles. They don't go around in and out of cones. <laughs> no. Well, I was wondering if there was that equivalent. It's, yeah. Well, they've been warming up uh, earlier on in the day. They've been. Are they? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Andy. I mean, they don't just <laughs> basically. Don't pick minute. them up on a forklift truck out of a box <laughs> and then and then tell them to set off. You're, you're like this is a cricket fan. Our taxi driver this morning was Capital Dev. Yeah. Yeah, not the former Indian all-rounder. No, no, no. Dri- yeah. Our driver was called, uh, and uh, yeah, he, he was, did a yeah. brilliant job, didn't oh, he? Oh, wow. Yeah. His name, uh, Never mind ways, Sarah. This player had all the back. Well, he was backed, honestly. He just, he, taken us, he took us through a stream at one point, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. You were underwater. Good old Capel Dev. <laughs> yeah, tremendous. Cheltenham cabbie. Who thought he'd, I thought he would have yeah. made enough out of cricket, really. That's true. Well, Ollie, good to see you. We'll <laughs> catch up with you over the summer with the Bunburys. And yep, uh, happy punting for the rest of the day. Thanks, yeah, you too. I'll be on that horse as well. Okay. Come back looking for us after. It's not our fault. Blame the wine man. Uh, we'll all be looking for it. Yeah, we will be. That's right. Oliver Phelps it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, tomorrow we'll be speaking to Ed Chamberlain, and it's yeah. part of my campaign, actually. I'm determined to get Sockley on TV. Remember I was on TV uh, oh, about two or three years ago. I featured Doing a kind of very montage. bad jig. Yeah, they thought I was some bloke from Ireland. Really. Yeah, well, I don't think they did. Not the way you were dancing. They didn't think you were Michael <laughs> Flatley anyway. It was a, it was a bit... <laughs> It was a bit John Cleese, your yeah, dance. It was very odd, but it did make the um, Channel 4's yeah. best moments of the festival. Yes. So as I, it was then. I, uh, I did photobomb. There was an interview this morning. I, I got Sockley to photobomb it, so I don't know if that will They weren't keen, though, were they? You did go up. You went up. You were that desperate. You went up with some cameramen and said, would you like to film me with my puppet friend Sockley Park? And they went, no, you're all right. <laughs> no, that's great. Not back. It was quite depressing. He needs, he needs a PR agent. So. Now, uh, Kieran there from Paddy Power is yes. just coming off the balcony yeah. having a cigarette mm. and uh, about three or four years ago I, I noticed that when he came back in like a lot of people who smoke and go he's a bit smoky all right I yeah, said yeah. to him why don't you have a puff of, why don't you have a spray of this I have my old uh, breath spray with me yeah he said oh I like that yeah so it's become a tradition that every you have year to bring him a breath spray I bring him one <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a little bit insult the first year I did it he was quite insulted yeah but now he, he looks forward to it so lo- I gave it to him this morning he was very delighted he looks for you didn't he, he what, a, what a man what a lovely man you are the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show where we're at Cheltenham for the remainder of the week. And we'll be back tomorrow. I hope I won something in the last two races. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not been a disaster. It's been, we should have stuck with Andy Smart. <laughs> He's still the king of the tipsters overall, yeah, I think. We've, 
year of little faith. So we'll see you tomorrow. If you can't join us for the show, then certainly we'll bring you a podcast with the best bits, as always. But for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.